0: Hi, I'm Emma Clark, and this is Who Do You Think I Am? the podcast that gives you an earful straight from my sound studio. So how have you been? I've been middling, to be fair. I had a sinus infection, which was pretty grim. It looked terrible as well. My face kind of swelled up. I sort of looked like a scone. You know, that sort of doughy look. Oh, awful. I sounded just like that for quite a while had to have antibiotics it was that bad and I really hate taking medication I'm more or less back to normal more or less can't complain really you know it's churlish to complain doesn't stop me though Uh, I've also been to a celebrity party to be fair it's been a while since I left the house so it's been a very long time since I went to a celebrity party (laughs) didn't know what to do with myself wasn't sure what to wear to be honest and Anybody who's familiar with the great British climate will know that effectively you have to dress for all seasons. So this do, it was the rap party for Rise and Fall, the epic reality show by Channel 4 where I played the part of the lift. Attention, please! Which was great fun. And it was in London, this do, so I had to travel down, which meant I was open to the elements <laughs> for part of the journey, which... <laughs> was very concerning. I wasn't sure which coat to wear or which footwear. I mean, I was only going for one night, but honestly, (laughs) the luggage I took was out of control. Anyway, I had a great time. When I arrived, I was (laughs) accompanied by my agent, who is wonderful. And so Jane, God bless her, she was like bowling up to people saying, this is the lift and I'm the lift's agent. So this is how we sort of introduced ourselves to the room. <laughs> Word got round that I was there, you see, because I've never met the people who were working on the show. <laughs> it was all done over email, pretty much. So <laughs> they didn't know me. So I was aware suddenly of people in the room sort of looking at me and sort of whispering and then I could hear something. They must have been a bit disappointed when they saw the state of me. I was quite windswept. You know, I looked like I'd just got off a horse in a storm. Because there's that thing, isn't there, when you hear a voice and you imagine what body that voice comes from, you imagine how it looks. And then when you actually see the corporeal self of the person who's behind the voice, you can, well, in, in my case, I mean, people have told me they've been very disappointed. they come straight out with it. So, uh, I, I mean, the people that I met at the Do were very polite and they didn't express revulsion, disgust or disappointment, which was refreshing. And it was nice to get out of the house <laughs> and leave the attic studio of Clark Gables even briefly. Uh, I've also been doing loads of voicing. It's been quite busy here. So I am still, apparently, according to one customer, I'm not sure how to feel about this, the on-hold voice of choice for funeral directors. Now, I'm not sure how to take that. I hope it's because I sound like I've got a comforting voice, but you never know, do you? Hear my voice, just think of embalming fluid. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I'm also working on an exciting collaboration with another composer, where I'm doing some vocal bits for her for the project. And so that's coming on a treat. Uh, I've recorded some stuff for that today. And I've also made a couple of new show reels. Now, show reels are weird things. When you work in anything audio-visual, you, you tend to send out showreels of your work to people if they're not already familiar with you, to market yourself. And I I always feel a bit embarrassed doing a showreel because I'm not sure I can be that objective about my own voice. So I sought advice from some trusted companions and uh, I'm very grateful to them. Immeasurably grateful, pathetically grateful, actually. And it's always a bit nerve-wracking isn't it when you're trying to pack in the stuff that you do into less than 2 minutes because any more than that nobody's going to listen nobody's going to listen other than somebody that you may have bribed so i hope the new show reels aren't you know too awful i have a funny relationship with marketing really i know you have to do it you know you do of course you have to do it when you a business when you're self-employed, of course you have to, but it's a bit weird when it's you that you're selling. You know what I mean? It's like, ooh, look at me, ooh, listen to my mouth, ooh. I just find it really buttock-clenchingly embarrassing. But needs must. So yes, I've done a couple of show reels. I'm still writing my opera. That will continue, actually. I'm going to be writing the opera for <laughs> for quite a while. But I've made good headway. It's coming on. It's coming on. The score is in better shape. Still a long way to go. Quite happy with that. It's coming on. So each day I write a bit more, chip away at it, lay another brick, lay another brick. Suddenly you've got a wall in the form of an opera. Bad analogy, but you know what I mean. I'm also preparing for my first annual review at college and this is quite heart-stopping because I've got to write a report and the word limit, it's terrifyingly brief. It's 1,500 words, which is not a lot at all and that's really difficult to pack in everything that I've done over the year and everything I'm hoping to do in the coming Epoch. <laughs> it's really difficult. I wrote the abstract, which the word limit was 250 words, and sent it to my tutor, my supervisor, who was brilliant actually, and only made two minor suggestions for which I was very grateful. But it is, I find it really hard when it's a small amount of words that you've got to write. So I've got to write the report and I've got to do a presentation as well, which. Not sure how I feel about that. Again, it's great when I'm giving a presentation about something other than my creative work. But when it's about my creative work, it makes me feel a bit icky. The other thing, now we're in spring and I say, I'm i looking out the window here now in the studio and the tree outside my window, a couple of days ago, there was nothing on it. It was like it was still the depths of winter. You could just see the beginnings of buds, of leaves. Now, well, it's burgeoning. The leaves are beginning to unfurl and it's quite marvellous. Spring has indeed sprung here in the northwest of England. In fact, this morning, the weather was so beautiful... I did what I often do. I do a fictionalised commute to work. Obviously, I work from home. So my commute is basically up a flight of stairs. (laughs) Well, depending on which floor you're on. and overthinking it. Up some stairs. So that's clearly not enough. It's not enough exercise to get the blood pumping. So I I have a pretend walk to work. (laughs) I do a few loops of the block and uh, trundle along for a while and then come back, usually listening to some music or a podcast or something. And it's always fraught with danger because obviously I've tried out various different coats because I'm not sure what the weather's going to do because it's England. <laughs> so I select my outerwear, select the appropriate footwear and and strike out. It's always tricky because inevitably round here you get stopped by somebody and you can be talking to them for bloody ages and that happened this morning it was lovely I saw my neighbour and his beautiful dog and so we were chatting for a while it was lovely to see him because i I'm not seen him for a while chatting for ages and then I thought actually I've got to start work so unfortunately my commute to work was somewhat truncated it's one of the problems of living in a chatty neighbourhood but uh, we get there so, yeah, because it's spring, I've um, I've lengthened my fictionalised commute to work, which is generally a good thing. But it's all trucking on here. You know, we've got a few bank holiday weekends coming up. And I have to say, I could get quite used to this whole four-day working week malarkey. <laughs> I don't know about you, but after a bank holiday, it's like I've got bank holiday jet lag. And it takes me, I'm not joking, it takes me a good fortnight to recover. <laughs> So I don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks because there's bank holidays everywhere you look, for which I'm very grateful because, you know, it, I need a break. Although the downside is obviously when you're self-employed, if you don't work, you don't earn. And, um, you know, obviously chickpeas and gruel have to get us through. <laughs> so, But yes, there's bank holidays coming up and uh, I'm trying to plan for those. I don't know what we'll be doing. The thing with bank holidays here in the UK, if you go out, you end up just sitting in a traffic jam. (laughs) And then, you know, if you've taken sandwiches, I know people who take a packed lunch in case there's a traffic jam. So you have, you know, your sandwiches on the M56 and then you come home again. And it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Might just end up staring into the middle distance, to be honest. I'm going to have one child with me over the forthcoming bank holidays, while the eldest is still at large in Europe. I'm sure I'll try and persuade my youngest to try and speak to me. He's a teenager, so you can understand. Anyway, uh, that's me. Short update. Uh, Nothing of any great import, really. Nothing terribly exciting. But um, we live to tell the tale. You know, keep on keeping on. It's all you can do. So I hope you're okay. I hope you're enjoying these early days of spring and I will talk to you soon. Take care.